Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Today's episode of Wine and Dime is sponsored by Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm that believes life is about events, supported by your dollars and cents. And we want to help you achieve your goals. Hop on over to www.rootedpg.com to learn more about the services. Hi, Wine and Dime listeners. Amy Irvine here. This month, we are going to be featuring a winery called Airly. Airly is out of the Willamette Valley in Oregon. It's a place that we visited when we were out west this uh, summer. And I will have to say that they have an amazing lineup of both whites and reds. And I particularly cared for their seven. They have a 2001 seven that we tasted. It is a, it's seven white, uh, yeah, if I can say it, viaticals. And it really, it was served chilled, which I know it seems like is uniquely different for me, especially in the fall, but I really enjoyed it. And, you know, trying to step outside the lines for myself, I tried this wine and I would highly suggest it. If you're looking for something that is fruity, that has something very different, that's dry, but that's touch of sweetness, then I would highly recommend you give them a try. Stay tuned for other episodes of the wines that we tasted there. And um, if you get a moment, hop out to their website. It's airlywinery.com. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Well, Kate, welcome back to Wine and Dime. We're so excited to be here in the fall and it's definitely showing a temperature change. I was uh, joking with Brent last night when I said, you know, he he couldn't recall this cartoon, but do you remember in the 80s they had like the Transformer um, cartoon? Absolutely. And, And they'd say like, such and such, activate. I walked in the door last night and I said, it's fall. Want to know how I know? And he said, well, the air temperature. I'm like, no, heated seats activated. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely, uh, my kids came home yesterday and said that, uh, you know, it was the first day of fall and it really let us know it today. It Mm -hmm. it was the first time to me it had felt that way in the air, which fall is my favorite. So so as we're recording this podcast, it's actually September. That's why we're talking about the first day of fall. But we are going to re- be releasing the episode the first uh, part of October. And uh, one of the things that we always think about in October is open enrollment, 
health insurance, especially because you've got Medicare, you've got um, uh, the exchange, you've got many companies have open enrollment during this period of time. So Kate and I thought we would jam session about health insurance. Okay. Don't turn us off. Right. Don't don't run away. Uh, And our objective would be to make it maybe a little easier on you when you get that brochure and to look through it and hopefully understand your options a little bit better. So let's dig in because I know when those (laughs) talk about getting the brochure, you know, anymore things are digitally delivered, right. Mm -hmm. And people get the documentation and they, a lot of companies do provide provide it in column format, you know, so there's like a table or something that compares the plan side by side. But the problem is they don't give definitions of what the actual plans are. So there's three, I would say three predominant insurances that are out there. One is a PPO, one is an HMO, and one is a high deductible, which is usually a high deductible um, PPO. And I say usually because there's actually high deductible HMOs that are there too. So maybe let's dig into what is a PPO? What does that stand for? And there are other terms, by the way, but these are the predominant ones. Yes. So a PPO is a preferred provider organization. And these are maybe I think what some people think of as more older traditional health insurance. And the reason I say that is because some of the newer variations that have come, come out of it. But with a PPO, you have the ability to use providers that are in your network and out of your network. But if you use the preferred providers, you generally are going to potentially pay a little bit less in your co-pays or your um, co-insurance, which we'll also talk about in a little bit, what those terms mean too. Um, The alphabet soup of health insurance, so to speak, in that situation. (laughs) Uh, And we also find that when we get to your deductible, it traditionally is a little bit lower than what you might find on a high deductible health plan. So you may be paying more in premiums for this insurance, but typically a lower deductible, which is the amount that you pay before your insurance is going to provide. And then you're also going to traditionally pay co-pays or a co-insurance every time you go to the doctor. Yeah. And you usually get to select the doctor that you want to go to as long um, and some have like out of network costs. So if the doctor isn't a network, doesn't mean that they won't cover it. It just means that they might not cover it as well. Right. Right. Typically, you'll have a different schedule for in-network or out-of-network coverage amount. So you may find that you pay a $20 copay in-network and a $40 copay out-of-network. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the actual schedule they have yeah. or what that looks like. And then an HMO um, is a health maintenance organization. Um, we don't have a lot of them in New York around us so much. But in big cities, there's a lot of those and they're very exclusive. Like, generally speaking, do you have much, you know, like I'm trying to think of a example on there. Yeah, Um, yeah. Sometimes I've seen them in areas that have a really large hospital system. Like knowing that you were part of that health maintenance organization. And in that plan, you have to use that organization for service. There is no out of network coverage. So that's probably the best example I've seen would be near an area that has a very large hospital and hospital system. People are comfortable with it, but Mm -hmm. the issue could be if you're traveling, sometimes it's hard to find a provider. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of our California clients have Kaiser. That's a big one that's out in California. And so they, you know, that's huge um, organization out in California. So a lot of the doctors actually are part of that, that maintenance organization. 
But when you do travel, I mean, there's always emergency coverage involved, but there's not a ton of um, other coverages that would be involved. And, and that does create, and you are limited to the doctors. If you, you're not limited, you can go wherever you want, but you will not get coverage if it's out of network or out of that organization. Um, and then, and then there's the high deductible piece. And the reason that I wanted to sort of segregate that is because people say, oh, I have a PPO or I have a high deductible. And I'll say, well, is the high deductible PPO? It just means that your deductible is higher. So I think there's some confusion sometimes that that's a type of plan, but it actually has to do with the type of deductible. Yes. So as I mentioned earlier, your, your deductible is an amount that you are responsible to pay before your insurance is actually going to kick in and provide coverage. Mm -hmm. PPOs may have a deductible. Some don't. Some plans don't have any deductible. Some still have a deductible, but they're traditionally lower. Where with a high deductible plan, it has to be over the IRS minimum to qualify mm -hmm. as a high deductible plan. And the trade-off typically is you're going to pay more out of pocket first, but your premiums typically are lower. And you're also able to contribute to a health savings account or an HSA, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. allows you to save pre-tax dollars for health insurance purposes or medical expenses. And Kate, one of the trends that we've started to see is that the, at one point in time, there was a pretty good difference between the premium amount that you would pay with a plan that is that has a lower deductible versus a plan that has a higher deductible. We've started to see that shrink significantly lately. We have. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, this was a conversation I think you and I had yesterday on a an analysis and I was sort of shocked to see the difference in premium was not that much. And it made my analysis with said client a little bit more difficult because it wasn't as easy of an answer um, mm -hmm. to select mm -hmm. which plan to go with because there was more at play in the decision than just premium dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's talk about that because one of the things that you and I both like about the high deductible plans is the fact that you can do that health savings account that you mentioned, but let's back up just a little bit. If you have a lower deductible plan, you might have something called a flexible spending account. So a flexible spending account works similar to a health savings account, except a flexible spending account is a pretty much use it or lose it account, where a health savings account has the advent, the advantage of rolling over every year. And also the deductibles are very different. Yes, on, on each of those. Uh, are not deductibles, I'm sorry, contributions. Yes, contributions. Are very different. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On that. Yeah, so this year on FSA, the flexible spending account, you could contribute 2750 for a family. And again, you have to use that amount within the calendar year. I, there typically is a grace period to catch up, but mm -hmm. we'll say within a year where the HSA is currently $6,000 for a family contribution to an HSA. And as you mentioned, that keeps rolling forward. So mm -hmm. you could actually build quite a balance in that if you didn't need to use it for future medical emergencies or for retirement purposes to use yeah. it for health insurance or expenses in retirement. So one thing that, I, you know, when we were talking about the premiums, that's a piece of the analysis, right? I mean, you, you want to analyze the premiums that you're paying. You want to look at your health conditions. You want to look at, um, you know, what, what you might be paying in a particular year. I think there's a falseness sometimes that, that if you're a high user, a high healthcare 
user that you should always go with the lower deductible. But um, I've done some analysis really recently that shows that if you are a very high healthcare user, you may be actually better off going with the high deductible plan because a lot of those plans, once you reach the deductible or very close to the level of the deductible, that's also the max out of pocket. Mm-hmm. I concur with this, and I was a little surprised to find this in some of my own recent analysis on plans, the same thing. So if you are a high user on a PPO plan, the maximum out-of-pocket spend, and that's how much you are actually spending between your deductible and your copays, and is much higher than what I also found, as you mentioned, on a high deductible plan. So if you were going to be utilizing that a lot, you would save over the course of the year, um, in what is coming out of your personal pocket into mm-hmm. health insurance. And in some instances you pay sometimes nothing out of pocket or nothing in co-pays or co-insurance once you hit that deductible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is a small co-insurance, but over the course of the year, it is more cost effective, which mm-hmm. sounds counterintuitive, but mm-hmm. we are finding to be true. And the interesting thing about that is the fact that, you know, if, if you pair that with an HSA, the health savings account, all of that becomes a pre-tax spend, right? So one of the big problems with itemizing deductions on your tax return is getting up to the minimum to even be able to itemize. Mm -hmm. And even if you can itemize, it's only for health-related expenses. Most people can't come up with enough health-related expenses even to put it within the itemization formula because it's not like first dollar gets deducted. So when we sort of put all that together and say, okay, well, if you're a high user, you know, what's your max out of pocket spend? What do you actually, what can you put in your HSA? What's your premium? When you do all the math behind it, uh, it actually makes sense in some cases for people to have that, that higher deductible plan. And then, you know, other thing I always like to throw in there, and I know we've talked about this type of account in other podcasts in the past, not too long ago, actually, is the limited purpose FSA and not to forget about the dependent FSA. (laughs) The dependent care FSA was my friend for several years. Um, And anyone that's listened to a few podcasts, I'm not surprised to hear. I like to talk about taxes, I think, in every topic we talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, But knowing that I had to pay for daycare anyways and could participate in a program that saved me tax dollars was even even more beneficial. So Mm -hmm. with a dependent care FSA, you are able to defer pre-tax dollars into an account and use that to pay for childcare expenses. And that covers traditional daycare, nursery schools, after school programs, um, up to, I believe it's up to age 13. Children are eligible to participate in that um, summer camps. There's a lot of creative ways to use that type of program. And you can use that for elder care expenses too. That's not just, that's any dependent, right? So, so yeah. you talked about the child care side of things, but if I had a parent that needed some kind of dependent care expense as well, that that is something that they, they can be utilized from that perspective also. Right. And then you also mentioned a limited purpose flexible spending account, which is LPFSA for abbreviation purposes. And that is used to pay for a more limited version of expenses under eligible dental, vision care, Mm -hmm. and post-deductible medical expenses. And the two that you just mentioned, the dependent care and the limited purpose, those you can have in addition to the 
HSA or the traditional medical FF, FSA, right? So now we've probably totally confused you. So let's let's try to summarize this up just a little bit, right? So there's, we talked about the FSA, which is a use it or lose it. And you can have an addition to the FSA. You can have the limited purpose or the dependent care on top of that. Then you could go the route of a high deductible plan, plan which is the HSA, and you could put into the limited purpose or the dependent care. So um, kind of to, to summarize that. And one note that I wanted to make, uh, just to circle back around, you were talking about the HSA earlier and you said you could, you know, you that money can actually just continue to roll over every year. You can still add to that. So even if the money rolls over, mm-hmm. like let's say that you fully fund it every year, like the first year is 6,000 and you only use a thousand dollars in that particular year. Well, you get to roll over 5,000 and you can turn around and fund that again, another 6,000. So the next year you, you could um, kind of have $11,000 if you didn't use it at all. The one thing that I, I think um, people don't understand is when you uh, get to Medicare age, you can actually use an HSA to fund the premiums for Mm -hmm. Medicare. Mm Mm-hmm. So that Part B um, premium that you have to pay, you can use an HSA plan to fund that or vision, dental, any kind of medical expenses can be used. If you choose not to use it for medical expenses at age 65, it basically turns into an IRA account. Right. I love the flexibility to add an additional way to save because some people have maxed out traditional retirement options and ways to save. And in this, I think, or if you're maybe not able to maximize that contribution, but you know that you could, you already were using those dollars for health purposes anyway. If it's something you don't end up needing for a medical expense that year, you're not going to lose it. It just keeps going forward and reaps benefits for you down the road. And another interesting piece to that is once you hit a certain balance, you are able to invest a part of the proceeds in your HSA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. That's role. a good point. Yep. Where you can't do that with the FSA because you've got to use it. You know, you just don't have that available and it doesn't carry over from year to year. Okay. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of terms, a lot of, a lot of things that, to look at, with, but hopefully as you're looking down through those, uh, like ours used to come, as you mentioned, in a brochure and now it does come through an email, the columns of the plans and the type of options and, and the premium, um, maybe a little more knowledge to look at those and, and help make your decision as you move on through that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other thing I think is, you know, just consider your, your usage and purpose. And we actually have a client that we did this analysis on, I think just as, as an example, that the premium was actually slightly more to use a high deductible plan than it was a lower deductible plan. So they actually paid a little bit more in premium to have that flexibility of fully funding the HSA wasn't a ton more, but it was a little bit more. And the reason that they decided to do that, even though the premium was a little more, was that ability to save. That was really their reason. Like they just wanted an additional ability to save into that HSA, knowing that right now they don't use medical insurance very often or hardly at all. They're just young, they're healthy, they don't have it. So they wanted that opportunity to be able to save in the HSA. And I think, you know, making sure that you don't, when you go into making this decision, first of all, don't just check a box. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, as, as we call it, don't have tunnel vision on this because I think it's also important to know what do you have outside, right, Kate? Right. Look at what's outside. Look at all of your available benefits and options. 
if you know you're maybe a little more nerdy like us we like to make spreadsheets and look at how many times last year did i maybe go to the doctor and what would the copay be on that to really compare what you typically spend in a year and maybe think a little bit outside the box of what are the other options available to me under each plan option mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, I'm going to add that if you'd like any assistance, you're welcome to call us. We would be happy to sit down with you and do that analysis as well as look at your entire life plan and put a put a financial plan together, a little plug for Rooted Planning Group with that. <laughs> we would love to, to work with folks that are looking for that kind of analysis in their life. That's a, I mean, they, these are little, little tips here and there mm -hmm. um, really add up over time. So um, you know, I just, I love, we love to do this sort of thing where other people loathe it. It's like me buying a car. Please don't make me buy a car. You know? <laughs> we'll find you a, like a car broker where we like to yeah. get in the details of your plan and help you find the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look, I'll look for you, but please don't make me go test drive vehicles. Right. So, um, yeah. Kate, any other thoughts that you have before we wrap up this podcast, uh, on the topic of health insurance? Uh, I think I would just say that not dread it this year, maybe go into the experience with a, I'll say like a fresh set of eyes to maybe some new options because I, I've been guilty of this myself when it comes and there's a lot going on. I've looked at it and like, you know what? Our current plan's fine. Our doctors are in it. I'm yeah. happy with it. We're just going to, I'm just going to check the box and move on. Even us financial planners do things like that sometimes um, <laughs> in the past. And I have now not dreaded it so much. I will spend the time to look down and, and make sure, is it really still the good fit mm -hmm. and ask the questions. Um, and again, make no assumptions about something that worked before might be the best fit going forward. Yeah. You know what? You brought up a really good point is don't assume that your doctor's going to stay in network. They can always opt out. I mean, yes. that's something that you want to check and make sure that there's no network changes. And if you are on Medicare or you are on the exchange, you know, that that please, please don't set it and forget it either. Because, again, formularies can change. Doctors can change networks. Insurance companies can change uh, limits and coverage mm -hmm. amounts and they can they can choose not to cover something. So just because it's covered this year doesn't necessarily it mean it's covered next year. So right. it's really important to dig into those. And I always joke around just to kind of wrap this up. I always joke around and say that if you're on Medicare, you know, you can change basically once a year during open enrollment, the type of plan that you're on, especially if you're on Medicare Advantage, it's a little bit different if you're on Medigap plans, but you can change and, and you need to be thinking about like, are there, there parts that I'm going to need replaced next year? And does this plan um, cover those particular surgeries or, you know, is there cataract surgery, for example, that I need? Or, you know, what do you have coming up in your health life in the next year that you know about? Of course, there's always things that you don't know about, but I think it's also important to do that projection work. Um, that just you know, reminded so me, Amy, of one other thing is if you are utilizing a FSA, a flexible spending plan, before you make that election to think to the next year of what you might be spending uh, or have coming up that you'd need to pay out of pocket and start submitting early is my other recommendation. Mm. Because it's really hard at the end of the year to go back and find those receipts and submit them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, thankfully, a lot of the programs have apps that you can just take a picture of the receipt as you're there and it will reimburse you. But start utilizing it early so okay. that you don't lose that money down the road. 
Yeah. And I think the other thing is if your kids are getting braces or anything like like be thinking about those limited purpose plans plus the FSA plan. Right. So there might be a way for you to actually get as much money um, put aside for a particular year if you've got those kinds of big expenses coming up. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate your time. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like us to cover in the future, please drop us a note and let us know. And if you get a chance, hop on over to iTunes and rate us the more people that rate us the more people that can find us. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great day. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.